When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Jamie All Over. This is take two of an episode about the dating dark arts. Yes, you heard that right. I am going to be spilling some dating secrets, some psychology, but this is all to give you power. This is considered women empowerment. This is not manipulative. This is all based on psychology, things that I have learned about the human mind, what even causes people to be attracted to another one, what increases someone's interest in you. I've learned a lot of this. I've dated a lot. I have a lot to share. And a lot of it surprisingly comes from my sales background. When I was living in New York City and working for one of the top fitness clubs, we had a lot of high-profile clients come in, professional athletes like Derek Jeter, Michael Jordan, and we needed to make them feel comfortable and make sure that they enjoyed their workouts, felt safe, all of the things. So This particular club put us through vigorous sales training. They had a method that was kind of structured after the Ritz-Carlton five-star service, customer service method. They were very big on what they called the soft sell as opposed to the hard sell. It's really based on a foundation of sincerity, authenticity, and truly wanting to help people. You know, if you're trying to sell something to a person, you truly should believe this product right here is going to change your life. This is going to help you. And I'm doing you a favor by introducing this to you, as opposed to having the mindset, I need to sell this person. I need to trick this person. What can I say? Your energy in both of those scenarios is so different. And I've said this before, but as far as energy and vibrations are concerned, truth and authenticity vibrate the fastest. They can reach people the strongest. And that's how you know when you're in someone's presence, if they're authentic or not, you get that gut feeling. So today's episode is definitely centered around authenticity. It is definitely not about tricking people into liking you. I think that that is so pointless. I think that just prolongs the inevitable because eventually the real you has to come out, right? And then what's going to happen? On top of that, the whole time that you're pretending to be someone else, if that's your tactic, you're going to be causing even more insecurity in yourself because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, at some point, this person is going to know the real me or I'm going to be found out or they don't love me for who I really am and I need to pretend to be this other person. So I definitely do not promote any of that. In fact, I had a friend once who did something like that. She was dating a very well-known actor and she thought that she had to be someone who she wasn't. She thought she was not good enough as she was. 
So she would do things like hire a private chef to come over to her house and cook a fabulous dinner. The chef would leave. The man would come over, who she was dating, and she would tell him that she cooked this meal just to impress him. It may work temporarily, but you know what's going on under the surface? She's feeling inauthentic. He's feeling that vibe from her, no doubt, even if he doesn't know what it's about. And on top of it, she's building up her own insecurities, reinforcing the idea that by herself, she is not good enough. They did get married but they also got divorced. What's interesting about that relationship is that when I saw her changing to fit this man's lifestyle or to be who she thought he wanted her to be, I had been friends with her for many, many years, and I brought this to her attention, as I believe any good friend should. (laughs) And I said, hey, you know, you're not acting like yourself. This is not the person who I met. This is not the down-to-earth friend who I love. This does not seem like you. Unfortunately, instead of taking that as me being a good friend and me being upfront and telling you something that you may not want to hear, but that you should hear, she definitely took it as criticism and never spoke to me again after that. So that ended a very long friendship. There were a couple other things going on at the time. That's a very simplistic way to put it. I'm sure she has her own side, but that was the basis of it from my side. And I don't know, I hope she reflects back on that and eventually is like, you know what? That's actually a good friend telling me what I needed to hear, not being a yes person. Maybe that's the only person in my life that actually told me that truth. Maybe I should have listened. (laughs) Who knows? But regardless, I hope she's happy. She seems to be happy in a new relationship now. As mentioned, this is take two. I recorded about an hour last night of this very same episode and realized that my mic was on mute. My voice was going, as you know, in the last episode. So after last night, my voice was completely shot. I still don't have it totally back yet. I don't know if you can tell the difference, but not 100%. So I wasn't able to re-record last night. So it is now Tuesday morning, 8.30 a.m. Hopefully this will be out by Tuesday afternoon. I am drinking a Remedy Organics Matcha Fuel drink. I have been reading that matcha is good for ADHD. A couple of people also DM'd me with that advice. So I'm not the biggest fan of matcha. I kind of think it tastes a little grassy. I don't know if that's just in my head because it's green, but this isn't terrible. I've had about half of it. I also have my coffee here kind of toggling the two. And it is now my goal to make take two of this an even better episode than the one that I recorded into the abyss last night. So I had a bit of an epiphany after last week's episode on cheating. The one part of it that really stuck with me are the couples who are in a mediocre or just okay, but not an amazing relationship. And one person is just, or maybe both people are not happy, but they're not terribly dissatisfied. I've met men who have literally said to me, if my wife knew what I was doing, I would lose everything. And I was like, why do you do it? And he could not answer. This is where this epiphany came in. And it's this phenomenon called the region beta paradox. An example of that is if someone is in a mediocre romantic relationship, they will be less likely to end it than if their current relationship is toxic or really bad, which makes their current overall situation worse because they're not going to be getting out of it anytime soon or at all. And the same would apply to a mediocre job. I know a lot of people in jobs that they don't love, yet they stay. Even when I present them with new opportunities and new connections, they stay because it's not terrible. 
So this region beta paradox is really interesting to me because I think it can kind of explain why some people cheat subconsciously. They are trying to push their mediocre relationship to that level of crisis, to that level to make the other person actually take action and end it when they find out about the affair. And I think they're doing this subconsciously because like I said, when I ask guys that I know that are cheating or were cheating, because I always want to understand people. And when I say, why are you doing this? They all say they don't know. And they're well aware of the consequences. Another example with that is, let's say you have somewhere to go and it's less than a mile away. You can walk there, right? And let's say it takes you 45 minutes to get there. Let's say you have somewhere else to go and it's a little over two miles. Okay, now you're probably not going to walk there. You'll get in your car and you'll drive and it takes you a couple minutes to get there. So you're actually getting to the further destination quicker because you're taking different action. As far as the analogy is concerned, if you put that into a relationship, you might just be in that mediocre relationship and you're not really taking action or it takes longer for you to get to that action of a breakup. Whereas if you find out someone cheated on you in that relationship, you're breaking up with them right away probably. And you're getting to that action way faster. So that's the paradox somewhat explained. I've just been thinking about that since last week's episode. But the takeaway from that is that those who are in the mediocre situations, I feel bad for you. You're living this comfortably numb existence. There is such a better quality of life out there. And life is short. I don't know a situation completely unless I'm actually walking in their shoes. So take my thoughts for what it's worth. Same applies to this entire episode today about dating and specifically online dating. Like I said, I have a lot of experience. I've dated on both coasts. I've dated all kinds of men from finance bros, professional athletes, way too many musicians, comedians, all different types of people. I grew up with two brothers. I just, I have a lot of male friends. I read a ton of books on psychology, abnormal psychology. And again, that sales training. I took extensive sales training courses and that really helps you understand the human mind and psychology of desire and how to create a sense of urgency to get people to act and all of that. So I've never really had an issue attracting people or having options. My issue lies in I don't really like any of the options and no one quite meets my standards. I'm staying single until I meet someone who I truly feel is excellent and special. I am not settling. Again, take that for what it's worth. I am purposely single right now. I've left quite a few relationships before they were about to propose because I knew I wouldn't want to be with them forever. I ended one, as you heard last week, after we were engaged. But I've done so much work on myself, I just realized that I would rather be single and happy right now as I am than have someone mess with my peace or drain me of my energy. So it definitely has to be the right situation. So today's episode is going to hopefully empower you to have the most options to choose from. However, I can't solve the inventory problem, (laughs) you know? I myself am not seeing an abundance of amazing men out there. I don't know where they are. I can't help you find them. But what I can help you with is whatever way you are finding them or meeting them, 
I can help you show up as the best version of yourself and enter these situations with total confidence and for you to understand your power in these situations. That is my hope for you. So let's get into the story that even motivated this episode. One of my very, very good friends who I absolutely love, one of the kindest souls ever, the most thoughtful person that I know. She will always check in on me. She will always ask how I'm doing. She will always follow up if she knows I have something coming up and ask me how it went. And that is an amazing friend to have. Now, unfortunately, she's just so caring. And I know that sounds weird to say unfortunately, but as far as new dating experiences are concerned, she also extends that caring sometimes to men who may not be worthy of it or did nothing to deserve it. And she's ending up feeling very let down and sad. And so she recently told me about an experience. I gave her a little tough love and I gave her my opinion on what happened and why he behaved the way that he did. And I shared my insight into the male mind. In no way am I blaming her for someone else's behavior. She is so kind and in in no way am I saying she needs to become a person who she is not. But her behavior expressed to him that she may not have a lot of self-worth or value of her time or concern of her welfare even. And those actions subconsciously tell that man, this is not a high value woman. This is not someone who is going to switch on my interest. So let me tell you what happened. So she's online dating and she was traveling out of state maybe a month or two ago. And she matched with someone from this other state. And they didn't meet up at the time. She comes back home and they keep talking. In this time, he asks her to come visit him in this other state. So for their quote unquote first date, she flew to him and she stayed at his place, which was a hotel because he doesn't have a residence because he travels for his job. So he doesn't necessarily have a home base, but they met back up in the same state that they were both originally matched in, if that makes sense. So I get a call from her when he has left the hotel room to go do work or whatever it is he was doing. And she said, I noticed on his social media that he is interacting with and following this really, really beautiful girl. And I noticed that she had a picture of completing this hike. And he and I did the hike yesterday and I couldn't complete it. I feel really bad about myself, especially considering that this girl who he knows finished it. And then I just see that he started following this place of business that looks like she was at recently. So I said, okay, here's the deal. He's dating her. (laughs) And he probably went to that place with her. And he probably did that hike with her. Now, you guys aren't in an exclusive. You are essentially just meeting him. You're the new girl. He's been probably dating her for longer. Not only that, considering he doesn't have a permanent residence, there's a very good chance he has a different girl in all of these cities that he travels to for work. So she was like, well, should I have the talk with him tonight at dinner? Should I ask him where this is going or when we're going to see each other again? And I said, absolutely not. This is your first date. You know, I said, you just need to prepare yourself for the idea that he's dating others. You guys met online. You always have to assume 
there are other people in the mix in the beginning. And I was like, let me know how dinner goes. Good luck. So next I hear from her is at dinner, he was texting this girl. And my friend saw the name. She knew who it was because she stalked his socials already. And he was texting her while he was sitting at dinner with my friend. He also said to my friend, last night when I told you I couldn't do dinner with you because I had this work thing, you were way too agreeable about that. So now he's already judging her and coming up with justifications as to why he's not interested in her. And then on top of it, he said to her at dinner, don't you have any questions for me? You're not asking me enough questions. So basically, this guy is totally sizing her up. Here's the full picture of the problem. She flew to him. That is a huge amount of effort. The act of that alone tells him she's already super interested and he didn't have to do one thing to make her interested. The fact that she's staying with him in his hotel room and has not even met him in person also says, without any words, that she doesn't appear to be too concerned for her well-being or safety. She's not valuing herself, or at least she's not appearing to. And then the whole thing of her being too agreeable, that's him just nudging her because of what I already said and because of what he already knows. And now this is like a game to him. When someone is chasing you, yeah, you're going to run away. But also, some people find it fun to play the game a little bit and make you chase even more. They like it. In no way is there any mystery. In no way is there anything he needs to work for. Now, I am not saying my friend needs to play games, but what I personally think she should have done was, first of all, not even flown to him for the first date. I would say, you know what, if you're interested, I don't know that, you know, there's anything here. I'm not going to waste my time flying out of state. Next time you're in my area, which is coming up fairly soon, we'll get together. Or you can fly to me. That would be first step. Let them come to you first. Let them put in that effort first. And you need to always be trying to figure out, do you even like this person? Okay. So the fact that he thought she wasn't asking him questions, that's another key because, you know, obviously men want to know that you like them for them. Not that just because they're a guy or maybe because they're attractive or they have a good job or whatever surface level thing that you know about them already. They want to know that you truly understand them and you find the unique things about them interesting. All he sees right now is someone who put in a huge amount of effort. And like I said, he didn't really have to do anything to, to work for that. The way human psychology works is we value that which we have to work harder for. We value that which is rare. That is why diamonds are expensive, because they are very rare. That is unfortunately just human psychology. That is the way our minds work. That is how our value system is built. And we can't deny it. And we can't say, no, I don't want to play any games. I'm just going to be totally myself. And if this person doesn't like me, then they're not the right one. Hey, there is some truth in that. I always want people to be themselves. But she went too far. She went above and beyond. The things that she did, that would be considered sweet for a boyfriend, maybe months down the line, putting in that effort. But she needs to reserve that in the beginning. And in no way is that me saying you're going to be someone that you're not. No. It's just saying you're not going to give fully <laughs> of yourself for just anyone, because that is how you get drained. That is how you get burnt out. That is how you have unrealistic expectations. And that's how you get hurt and maybe even give up. And I don't want that for any of you. So another issue that I saw here was she never had a conversation with him on how does he even think that he can have a committed relationship with one person, given that he doesn't live permanently in any city? 
How does he see that working? They never had that conversation. I personally would want to know that from a person. If my goal was a relationship, which hers is, I would want to know how is that even possible and how do you foresee that working? And it's not the talk and it's not anything about the two of them. It's just a general conversation about life and what do you want? And that is a conversation that I personally think should have been had before anyone was meeting anyone. Because again, you're not really setting yourself up for success with picking this person who is probably not a great choice if you want to be in a relationship. Is that the type of relationship you want with someone who is traveling to a different city all the time that you will never see? What kind of partner is that? Not saying long distance can't work, not saying there aren't other relationships that are in that situation, but why are you choosing this as your first choice and not even having a conversation about how it could even work or if he even wants that to work? Maybe he enjoys having a different girl in every city. Now, I will add to that. Let's say they did have a conversation and he did say, I'm looking for a relationship. Still, you can only take what they say so far. To me, words are mostly meaningless and actions mean everything. And I would have said, "Okay, come to me first. That was that would be the action I would need to see. But even the fact of her having the conversation, it's not so much what his answer was, but it's showing him that she has that concern for herself and she has those standards for herself to even initiate that type of conversation and to be very upfront about it. On the other hand, now she's stalking social, seeing pictures that are now making her insecure. These are not ways to go about it. You need to be upfront with these people. Instead, she's now at this dinner feeling completely insecure and energy can be felt, neediness can be felt. And the only thing you want to show up for on a date is just being filled with confidence, knowing you are the prize. And if they don't know that or they don't think that, thank you, next. And that is it. So I know this is a unique situation and not one that's going to come up a lot with online dating, but I know there's a lot of other issues with online dating. One of them being that you kind of might get trapped in that small talk pen pal stage, which is just torturous, isn't it? Oh my God, how many people can you do small talk with until you're just over it? I feel you on that. I have a little trick for that. So if there is someone that I think I could be interested in meeting up with in person, first of all, you really want the guy that's going to be assertive and ask. But if he's taking a touch too long to do that and you're kind of over it, you can use my little trick. The next stupid small talk question he asks you. Let's use me for an example. So what's your podcast about? My response would be, it's way too much to text, but I can definitely tell you in person or something along those lines. They understand what you're doing and they'll be like, some people will even be like, oh, well played. But it motivates them to take action. And then you can decide if you even want to see him or not. A lot of times when that happens, I'm like, eh, I don't even want to go out with this guy. (laughs) But this is how you at least have your options. And it stops you from that whole boring small talk cycle. Now, another thing people are saying is that when they do meet these guys in person, they're duds in real life as opposed to like how they were online or in their profile. So for that, I think there's a very easy solution. And that is you're going to request to FaceTime them before a date. You can learn a lot in FaceTime. You can feel if there's a spark or not through that camera. You absolutely can. And you can see their mannerisms. You can see if they're a little off. You can see if you enjoy being in their presence. You can get a very clear indication if you would like to meet them in person or not. 
And the fact that you're asking for a FaceTime shows that you value your time and you're not just meeting up with anyone. That is step one in them working for it. So overall, it's never a bad thing. Okay, so now some people are saying like they've gone on some dates and they're interested in the guy, but it doesn't extend past a couple dates, kind of just fizzles out. Now, this is a total generalization because I don't know the specific circumstances. You really want to use some of the tactics that I just previously mentioned with mystery and interest. Okay, are you texting a lot? If you are, then don't. Are you initiating the texting? Personally, I don't in the beginning or I very rarely do. I really take a step back. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to mastermind anything. You don't need to control any situation. You don't need to be thinking about anything. Just take a seat and let it unfold. Have relaxed energy, have confident energy, and just know you are the prize. Also, date a few people at once. I don't care if there's this one person who you've got your eye on and you're really interested in them and it's hard for you to even go out on a date with someone else because when you like someone, you only like one person. I get you on that, but I still think you need to have a couple other things going on, talking to a couple other people, because when these ones fizzle out, it's not so much of a blow. You have other people, you have other things to put your focus on. So in the beginning, keep talking to a couple different guys, not saying sleep with more than one. And I'm not saying hook up with anyone until you both have an understanding of what you want. And a lot of times you can't, like I said, you can't listen to what he's saying. You really have to watch his actions. There was also a time when I was like, I'm only going to date one person at a time and they should only be focused on me. And I think that's how it should be. (laughs) And that was not too long ago that I had that theory. My ideas have changed. And now I'm like, no, I'm probably, you know, once I start dating again, which is now I'm starting up again, I will probably talk to a couple different people and weigh my options and not focus on one unless I really want to be with them. And not waste my time if I already see some early signs that they're not the one. But I'm definitely not requiring people to only be talking to me and me only be talking to them in the beginning anymore. But I think what's important is expressing where you are with your dating plan, you know, and just making sure you're all on the same page, whatever page that is. And if you're not, no big deal. Keep it moving. So this next person wrote in and said that she doesn't think that finding a connection is difficult but that trauma affects relationships and that's what's getting in people's way. If she doesn't think finding connections is hard, good for her. Me personally, it's very hard to find a connection. I rarely like anyone. (laughs) That's probably a me problem. I understand that. And yes, I agree. Trauma can get in the way a lot. It definitely got in the way of my last relationship because it was my first relationship after a very abusive, toxic one. And the new boyfriend was bringing up things in me from my past. And I didn't understand what was happening. But relationships are like mirrors. In a way, they're meant to make you your best self. And they're going to bring up your insecurities. They're going to bring up your past traumas. What we all need to understand going into any new relationship if we have previous trauma obviously work on that the most you can do your therapy do all the things and be alone and get yourself to a happy place when you're alone before you even enter into dating again which is where I'm at currently but also be aware that there are some things that maybe only relationship is going to bring up and be ready for that and have a plan. Understand what's happening, that it's not necessarily the new person's fault. I think you can approach that in a healthier way. This other person says, 
I was like your friend putting in way too much effort, and I had friends like you who warned me, but I had to learn the hard way. A lot of people have to learn the hard way. And unfortunately, that's because their ego or their insecurities are greater than the lesson that I was trying to tell my friend. If her insecurities are way bigger and she's dealing with codependency and feeling unworthy and having to go this extra mile to be this caretaker to these men that don't deserve it, that insecurity in her is bigger than any advice that I can give her. And she needs to go work on that insecurity. Not saying that that's her situation. I'm just giving you an example if that's where it's coming from. Sometimes people's egos are tied to it. They think they know best and they're not going to listen to anyone else. And they just need to make the mistakes enough and get hurt enough until they learn the lesson. Not everyone can learn a lesson from someone else. I think that's part of wisdom is if you can learn the lessons from someone else. My business mentor always says that he's already paid the dummy tax And you can learn from him and you can get to where you want to go way faster if you just take directions from someone who's already been there. But some people just need to make the mistakes themselves. I've made plenty. Next one says, I haven't met a single guy that I connect with. Where are all the smart, funny, and cute ones hiding? Well, we're just waiting for them to get divorced because they're all taken. (laughs) Jokes aside, yeah, I mentioned before, I can't help you with the inventory problem. But maybe they're not online dating. Maybe these great guys are not just online and they're out there in the wild. So definitely still get out there. Definitely try all the methods to meet new people. And this is very cliche, but whatever your interests are, start doing them and meeting people who have similar interests. If you like tennis, go take some tennis lessons. Maybe you'll meet someone at the tennis club and then you guys can play tennis together. If you like emo music, go to emo night. Maybe you'll meet your soulmate there. If you like cycling, join some sort of cyclist club. I see these people with their crazy, tight, little, colorful spandex outfits and their helmets driving in huge groups. Driving? No. Riding in big groups. Join one of them. There's lots of guys in there if you can get past the biker shorts. But whatever your interests are, I would definitely suggest pursuing that. So don't put all those eggs in the online dating basket for sure. I saw someone else say that when they're out, no one approaches them. I have a little trick for this, too. So remember back in the day, women would have handkerchiefs. And if they walked past a man they were interested in, they would drop the handkerchief and he would pick it up and run to her and hand it to her. He thought he was just being this chivalrous man approaching her. He thought he was pursuing her, but she chose him. We don't carry handkerchiefs anymore. But when you're out, sometimes you do have to give a man that opening that okay, that it's it's okay to come speak to you. Especially in this day and age, men are way more hesitant to approach women. They don't know if you want to be approached. They probably think you're so sick of it. So you need to give them a little nudge sometimes. So if you are out and you do see someone you're interested in, because you don't want to just be approached for the sake of it, figure out a way to drop that handkerchief, metaphorically. So I'll give you an example for me. When I was dating Danny, who is now my friend, not Danny, my ex, the musician, but Danny, who was on this podcast and who I'm still friends with to this day, I met him at our mutual friend Tori's song release party. And I remember standing at the bar with Sheena and I see Danny walk by and I said to Sheena, who is that? And she goes, I don't know. And I was like, he's hot. She was like, yeah, he is. So minutes later, when I walk past him, I noticed that Tori and a couple other people were having issues trying to get her song and music video to play at the same time, 
We went over this entire debacle on the episode that Danny was on. And so I just said to Danny, I was like, you look like the AV guy. Why can't you figure this out? And that was it. And I just kept moving. Right. So now he's sitting there wondering, was that an insult or a compliment? What does an AV guy look like? And what was so funny is he even told me like after that, he started Googling AV guy (laughs) just to get an idea of what an AV guy even looks like. (laughs) So now he's just sitting there thinking about this. Right. So then he comes and approaches me and we talk for the rest of the night and we began dating after that. Now, I thought he was hot, but had I just waited for him to come approach me, he probably never would have. So you do sometimes have to give them that in. Okay, this next person says, I never have had any luck on dating apps. They give easy access to quantity, but not quality. That is true. There is a lot of quantity there. Something that we have to do when we are online dating is really, really narrow it down. If we're concerned about quality, which we should be, there are certain clues in their profile that you should not overlook. For me, it's if they use any sexual term at all in their profile, even if they say something like, I like a big booty, it's a no. I don't care how good you may look. If they are in any bathroom where they don't have a top on, it's a no. If they're in their bed with no top on, it's a no. If they're at festivals with all kinds of man jewelry and weird hats and weird clothing, and they're surrounded by scantily clad ladies, it's a no for me. If you're into festivals and you want someone who's on drugs and is a party boy and whatever, and not to generalize, they're not all on drugs. But if you want that in a guy, fine, go for it. Personally, I do not. And I hate all of that music. So I know we would not get along. So it's always a no when I see those photos. It's also a no when I see a lot of photos with him like holding beer and holding drinks and surrounded by guys at bars. I don't want a party boy, you know. It's also a no if I see him holding a dead fish. I know we would not align. That's always a no. So you need to figure out things like that, that you know, like these are fundamental things that we would not agree on. I personally also need a very intelligent man. So if I'm reading what they write and it's just spelling errors everywhere, a typo is fine. You can usually tell the difference between someone who's just typing quick and it's a typo. I do plenty of those on my stories or someone who truly does not know how to spell or have correct grammar that I don't like. You may not care about that. That might not be a priority for you. And then someone who doesn't put any effort whatsoever, like they don't fill out anything, that's also going to be a no for me. But someone who puts in way too much, and if it's way too curated, that's a turnoff to me too, if it's too curated. Like if he's trying to show all of his interests, like here's one of me scuba diving. Here's one of me rock climbing. Here's one of me at the top of Mount Everest or (laughs) whatever. That's just like too much of a tryhard. I don't like that. That's not genuine to me for some reason. And maybe this guy is a great guy and maybe he truly is into all of these things. But I don't like that for some reason. That's just me. So figure out what you like, what you don't like. You know, we're good detectives, ladies. You can learn a lot through just looking through someone's profile. If they have their Instagram on there, stalk away. Make sure there's no pictures of the ex or a ton of new girls. All of that. There's a lot we can learn from the profiles. And then as far as having more options, I would suggest maybe expanding your area. Or maybe search in a different city. (laughs) Who knows? Your love may not be living within 10 miles of you. Yes, it's setting yourself up for a harder situation or maybe a long distance situation. But depending on where you are in life, if maybe you're thinking of moving to a new city, well, check out the guys in that city. Or maybe you aren't thinking of moving and you can't move and you have kids or whatever. Your job is here. 
Okay, but maybe just expand it a few more miles. Who cares if it's an hour drive? You guys can sometimes meet halfway. It's only 30 minutes. So what? I would say expand your search area. I did a little experiment recently and I was like, you know what? I'm over the California guys. Let's see how they are in another part of the world. And, you know, I've watched Outlander and I started falling in love with Scotland and I love the accent now. I moved my hinge location from Southern California to Scotland just for the fun of it. First of all, they're so hot and the accent is amazing. They look really, really good for their age. Someone was telling me it's because they don't have a lot of sun, so they're not as weathered as the men in California are. Makes sense, I guess. And if you've watched Outlander, by the way, there were an excessive amount of men named Jamie, which is interesting because of the character on Outlander named Jamie. I think I was talking to like five different guys all named Jamie in Scotland. Very strange. They're gorgeous. But I also think Hinge front loads the good looking people in the beginning. So you're like, whoa, because after a couple days, it definitely dwindled down. Either way, I did it for fun. I think I'm still talking to some guy that lives there, but I've since moved my location back here because I was like, you know what? I truly do want to start dating again. And they should probably at least be in the same country for now. So I just matched with a guy who moved here from England on some sort of soccer thing. I guess he's an athlete and he got a contract to play here. And so he's only been in the States for like four weeks, but he lives in Temecula, which is like over an hour from me. And I am not driving to him for our first date. He is 100% coming here. And that is what I'm telling you, ladies. Like, don't even offer to meet them halfway. I gave him a test. Testing is always good, too. He was like, considering I'm geographically challenged, you got to give me some time to learn the area. But where should we meet? And I was like, well, I'm in Irvine. It's a little over an hour from you. He's like, okay. So I'm leaving this in his hands. He can pick the place and he can come all the way to me. And if he doesn't, I will not be meeting up with him on Thursday. So we'll see. He texted me last night, which was after 10 o'clock. It was like 1030 something. So I did not return his text. That is way too late for a first text. So maybe I will return his text after this. As far as texting is concerned, once you move to that stage... My advice on that, as I mentioned earlier, I don't usually initiate it in the beginning. I don't really put any effort into it in the beginning. Don't give them your life story through text. Don't get attached through text. You're never going to know if you even like this person until you, one, either FaceTime or two, meet in person. So please don't waste your time with excessive texting or texting someone a very long time before you actually meet up with them. Keep your answers brief, but don't be boring either. Okay, another person says, I have a hard time suppressing the caretaker and give too much to people who do not deserve. This is my friend. This is the exact situation. And this is what I want to warn you all against. There might be some codependency issues there. There's a book called Codependent No More. I would suggest reading it. There's another book called Attached. I would also suggest reading that. Another reason I think that people might be that caretaker is because they just maybe feel unworthy. And they're like, I need to show my worth to this person and prove my value to them. And you don't. You are so worthy just because you're here, just because you're you. You don't need to prove yourself to anyone. And again, I can't express this enough. Energy can be felt. Confidence is such key. You really need to get yourself to a place where you're confident. You can't go into a date feeling insecure. Because he'll feel that and it's not attractive. So if you know that that's your issue, I know it's a lot of people's issues. They've been beaten down. They've been shamed. They've been abused. 
Whatever your issues have been, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I understand it. I know it's hard, but it's also our responsibility to work on our self-confidence and to heal ourselves. So if you know that that's your issue, awesome for having that self-awareness. Next step is reading all you can or listening all you can about how to build confidence. Okay, this next person says that she always picks narcissists and she's terrible at seeing the red flags. So I brought some of the red flags up in my friend's story, which was his career, his lifestyle, the way he doesn't have a permanent residence. These are all things that she ignored and didn't address. Why did she ignore them? Okay, if you have high standards, you are not ignoring red flags. You need to raise your standards and don't be desperate for a relationship. You have to always remember that you are analyzing this person too and determining if they are a good fit for you. It's not all about, is he going to like me? It's not about, he's so hot and he texts me a lot or he sent me flowers or he did this, so I'm going to ignore all the other things. You really have to take those blinders off. I'm sorry. And the more we get hit with these red flags and the more we ignore them and get burnt, the quicker we are to see them next time. I'm so quick now. So I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with anyone who initially ignores them. You just get to a point where you can't anymore and you don't want to waste your time and you don't want to even go down that path with someone who's going to fuck up your life. Put yourself first and ask the right questions. Be upfront and turn it back around on them and make sure they're the right ones for you. The last thing you should be thinking is if you're the right one for them. Someone else says online dating is not organic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it might be a necessary evil in these times. Who knows? Can you meet someone in real life? Sure. That would be amazing. But I wouldn't say to rule out online dating. So many couples and marriages these days, so many people have met through online. So it's just another avenue. But if it's not for you, then it's not for you. So someone else, a couple of people actually are having situations where they've been in relationships and it never moved to the commitment stage and they have wasted a year or longer being with someone who didn't move it to exclusive. But in the beginning, they may have love bombed them, but then it never really went further than that. But because of the love bombing, they stay in hopes to get that behavior back again. It's like a drug. It truly is. And some of these people are in these situations where it is exclusive, but They've been together for years and he's not proposing. What do they do? This isn't necessarily that topic for this episode. This is more about initial stages, building attraction, gaining interest, keeping them interested, expanding your options. That's what this episode is about. I am not an overall dating and relationship coach. So I don't know if I even want to get into this on this one or if we bring an expert in and tackle these on another episode. I just know this. If you're not getting what you want out of a relationship, express it as clearly as you possibly can. No passive aggressive stuff, no silent treatment, no withholding sex. Just address it respectfully and clearly with your partner and give them an opportunity to understand you. Once you've given them that, and if nothing happens, nothing changes, you're unable to get what you want out of that relationship, stop wasting your time. Life is short. That's my advice. People show you who they are, and we need to believe it. We can't date someone's potential. We can't date in hopes that how they were in the beginning will return. A lot of times that's their representative. That's not them. That's not coming back. You may have been duped. You may have been love bombed. 
but you need to face whatever reality you're in right now, not how it used to be and not what you hope it to be in the future. We have to accept people for who they are, and it's not fair of us not to. I see so many women who date guys for their potential. But then that leads to resentment when they don't live up to that or they're not getting there fast enough. We really need to be realistic about who we're with. Remove those rose-colored glasses, remove the blinders, and be truthful with yourself. Love yourself. You owe that to yourself, okay? You owe honesty to yourself. Stop fooling yourself. So I'm just going to kind of go over all of these tips again and sum everything up. So first of all, we know men through evolution, they are hunters, okay? If you're too available, you're not going to be as interesting to him. My friend basically delivered herself on a silver platter to this guy, and that was to her demise, pretty much. You have to add a bit of mystery. Don't tell him every last detail. Hold a little back. Men have become less confident with approaching women. We know that. It sucks. I, for one, have said, I want the man who's going to approach me. I want the man that has the confidence to approach me. I'm not going up to them. But we have to give a little bit, okay? Like I said, the handkerchief technique. If you're interested in someone, give him a reason to approach you. Also, choose the right target. And I hate to use the word target, but you need to swipe left on anyone who doesn't align with your interests or what you're looking for. And then even if it does get past that, the moment you hear something that you don't like, just believe it. Don't think like he has so much potential. Choose the right person to put your time and effort into. You don't need mutual interests, but it can definitely build a good foundation. And in addition to online dating, do the things that you love. If you like sports, go to games. If you like spiritual men, go to a meditation center or yoga classes. Whatever you like, go do those activities. Give him little tests. Make him jump through some hoops. Don't be the one jumping through hoops for him. And test him. And if he fails, don't expect he's going to change in a year. Don't put any more energy into that. Bringing up the confidence again. You need to have confidence. You need to show charisma. You need to be having fun. That is what attracts a man. We put so much effort into our appearance and what we're going to wear and our hair and makeup and all of that. And yes, it's great to look nice. But the most important thing is your personality and your charisma and your sexuality. Only confident women can flirt, right? Only confident women can charm another man. So if this is where you're lacking, focus on working on that. Love yourself, build up your self-love and your self-esteem, and men will treat you the way you treat yourself. If you're going to stay in a stranger's hotel room who you've never met before, that is not expressing self-concern or self-love. It's not. So he's not going to feel that way for you. Another thing I mentioned was my friend's date said that she wasn't asking him enough questions. Talking about sports, talking about the weather, all the small talk, that is not going to get you anywhere. You do need to ask personal questions and you have to offer intimate information back to the person. That is how you really get to know a person. That is how you really connect. And that's going to make him understand that your interest is in him personally and not just because he is any old guy. You don't want to throw yourself at anyone. You don't want to show an inappropriate level of interest. In my opinion, that's flying to someone. And on that note, as mentioned, I've done plenty of stupid things and I've done a lot of YOLO things like F it. Like, I want to go hang out in this city this weekend. I have nothing going on. There's a cute guy there. Let's hang out. That's fine. 
go live your life, have fun, do whatever makes you happy in that regard. But my friend's intent is a relationship. So that's a different story. What I would have said to her is don't let him know you're going there just to see him because that's an inappropriate level of interest. If you truly do want to go see him, which I don't advise, surround it around something else. Find something else that you could do in that city that you need to do, whether it's taking a class or meeting up with someone or networking or whatever. Find another reason to be there. I have certainly met up with men in different cities. A lot of it had to do with like, I had a DJ gig here or I had to meet with someone for this work thing here or I had a sales call here. And then if I know that someone lives in that city, hey, I'm going to be here. Let's meet up. That's perfectly fine and acceptable. That person knows you didn't fly there just for them. So in my friend's situation, I would say like, have another reason to go to that city and don't stay with that person. Get your own space. That adds to the mystery as well. And at the very least, if you can't think of another reason to go there, at least let them think you have another reason to be there. You do not want to put that inappropriate amount of attention on a person. It has the opposite effect and it will definitely turn them off. It will drive them away. And the only way I personally suggest showing interest in the beginning is just in little flirtatious ways. You can touch them a little bit on the hand or whatever on the arm. You can flirt. You can show them that you're having a good time. You want to be fun and enjoyable to be around, but you don't want to throw yourself at them. And he's got to work for it a little bit. It can't be an impossible goal to reach or else he won't even attempt it. And that's where, you know, the flirting comes in and showing him that you're having fun. But you have to put enough space there between the two of you so that he can feel like he's pursuing you. And you do want to see him put in that effort to work for you, for your time or for your affection. Because if he doesn't put that effort in now, he never will. And you're just going to be disappointed later on as well. Another thing my friend did was she showed up to that date feeling insecure because she was stalking this other girl's social media and saw that she completed a hike that my friend could not complete. That's the worst thing. You have to show up with confidence. That's what men love in women. And we're all insecure about ourselves from time to time, but you don't want to show that side of yourself to him. It definitely has a negative impact on his attraction level to you. And she showed up subconsciously feeling insecure. You really have to mentally get that out of your head, leave it at the door before you even enter into a date with another person. Before you go into that date, just meditate and be like, I'm the prize. (laughs) I am worthy. I am confident. Whatever mantra you need to tell yourself, whatever mindset you need to get into, get there. And if you can't, if you have crippling anxiety, if you have crippling insecurity, if you're getting sick to your stomach before meeting up with someone, that's your sign that you're not ready to date. And it's okay to be alone. It's okay to work on yourself. Now, attracting and seducing a man is way different than hooking up. Anyone can hook up. It all depends on what your goals are. If your goal is to just go out there and hook up, you don't need to worry about all these other things that I'm talking about. But if your goal is to actually attract a quality man in your life, and I know I'm just speaking to straight women in this episode, I am aware of that and I'm happy to bring in other types of relationship coaches who can speak to different dating scenarios. I'm happy to do that. If you guys want it, let me know. I understand. I'm just primarily speaking to straight women about straight men in this episode. But getting back to the hookup thing, what I'm talking about, it's not about just sleeping with someone. It's about making him desire you and seeing you as slightly unattainable, hoping and wishing for you, worshiping you, all of those things. If you want that, then these are the techniques I think you should be using. The last thing I want to leave you with is that you do just have to be yourself. Although these are techniques, they're not 
manipulative techniques. It's not you pretending to be someone else. If you want a high quality guy, someone who is interested in you and wants to spend time with you, you don't need to persuade them. If that's not the right guy, if he doesn't see your value or your worth, you don't need to waste any energy on him. But what I'm trying to express is that you need to know your value and you need to know your worth. You need to look after yourself as much as you're caring about him. Then that will be the reason that will draw him to you. He'll want to be around you because you're independent and because you know your own worth. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. You are so worthy, okay? So don't forget that. Take your power back. If you have any other questions on this topic, please feel free to DM me. I'm not an expert in many things, but I know a thing or two about this topic. So happy to share these secrets. I have plenty others if you're interested in this. I could probably write a book on this. Like I said last week, I could write a book on all the cheating stories I got. I could compile all of this into a book because I have even so much more information on it. Maybe I'll do an ebook if these things interest you guys, and I'll send that out to anyone who's interested. At the end of the day, it is about attracting the highest quality person and you being the highest quality person you could be. So I just want happiness for all of you. And if you don't want to attract anyone and you're not interested in a relationship, that's amazing too. Go out there and live whatever life that you want to live. I just want you to pursue exactly what it is that you want. And I don't want you to hold back. Have an amazing week. I'll talk to you next week.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to the great pop culture debate back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.